This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a volunteer-based community access station. For more information, go to www.radiokidnappers.org.nz. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this program available through funding the Access Internet Radio Project. The information provided or any opinions expressed in this show are of a general nature only and should not be construed or relied on as a recommendation to invest in a financial product or class of financial products. You should seek financial advice specific to your circumstances from an authorised financial advisor before making any financial decisions. A disclosure statement can be obtained free of charge by calling 0800 878 961. You're tuned to Radio Kidnap. the voice of Hawke's Bay. This is a program called Real Wealth, hosted by the team from the Stewart Group in Hastings. It's our pleasure today to have in the hot seat Glenn Trillo from the Stewart Group. How are you going, Glenn? Very well, thanks, Ken. Good to have you here with us now today. We're going to talk about uh, the pros and cons of, say, investing in property, bricks and mortar. Sure. But before we get there, just remind our listeners, the Stewart Group, what do you guys do? Yeah, so we're uh, financial planners or goals-based financial planning. Um, So we look at what your goals and objectives are and build a financial plan to help our clients achieve those goals. And that also includes um, KiwiSaver and also risk insurance as well. Yeah. And where are you? We're at 204 Caramel Road in Hastings. Now... We're going to talk about property. What's property? Everyone loves property, don't they? Everyone loves bricks and Everybody loves property. Yeah. And why why does everyone love property? It's an obsession with New Zealanders, isn't it? It is. Uh, In particular with New Zealanders. Um, We're a bit of an outlier from many countries. That's not to say that other uh, countries don't love property as well. Um, But um, what's the reason? Um, I think one of the key reasons is there is a lack of knowledge amongst New Zealanders on alternative investments. Mm. And because of that lack of knowledge, um, you know, um, you hark back to Black Tuesday, 1987. Yes. The, 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 it wasn't just New Zealand, but um, the share market crash. And um, a lot of people were stung by that. And this gets, this is intergenerational. It gets passed down, those bad experiences, to um, uh, to their children. And, um, and you know, that has resonated. Also, of course, there's... Some tax advantages or historic tax advantages mm-hmm. on having rental property as an investment. Um, where I think the only country in the OECD we can actually um, write, I say, write or offset cost against personal income. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a tax advantage or negative gearing yes. um, is another way of putting it. Um, something which I think the tax working group will look at, but more on that shortly. Um, so there's been advantages in owning property for people. Now, of course, uh, we've talked many times over the last couple of years, and you were all about diversification. You don't like the idea of putting all your eggs in one basket, so to speak. But before you came out, I did a bit of research, mm-hmm. and uh, I've got 12 pros and cons of investing in property, and I just thought we might like to go through each of the pros to start off with. Sure. And the number one is that it's a stable investment. Yeah, well, I mean, over the last handful of years, there's been an investment that's been giving some considerable capital gains yeah, to people, to, to many people. Um, having said that, if we looked at the last, the property boom where much of this more recent phenomenon has started from, the peak of it was in 2007. Mm-hmm. And if I look locally here in the Hawke's Bay, between 2007 and 2013 thereabouts, 
no property, no gain in property values. No. And in fact, in some places of the Hawke's Bay, the property values have gone, had actually dipped a little bit in mm. price. So, you know, we've had, we had a good six years or thereabouts of no gain at all. So it doesn't always go up. Um, I hark back even further, of course, um, during the decade of the 1970s. In the early part of the 70s, it went up 40 odd percent. Yeah, huge. By 1980, it went back to about what it was back in 1970. So we had a significant collapse in property prices. Now, when we talk to, uh, in particular, you guys from mm. the Stewart Group, when we talk about, say, buying shares, it's always um, buy the shares with long-term investment in mind. They don't expect to make a killing overnight. Yep. And, uh, you know, hold on for at least seven years and they're probably going to work out for you. Is that the same attitude we should have when we're looking at property, that uh, it's a long-term investment or is it different from shares? It should be considered a long-term investment. Um, the, the thing about property um, I think we need to understand is, yes, there is some capital gain to, to be made. and People have made capital gain. Mm. You can also see a capital loss, all right, mm. um, but it is an expensive asset to, um, to sell when you need to or when you come to quit your property mm-hmm. investment. Um, it takes time to sell, then the average um, sale time is between four and six weeks, depending on marking conditions, and it's expensive. If you've got a $500,000 house, you're going to be spending in the late teens yep. in order to sell that property. So it takes time, it's expensive, it's not liquid. Um, you know, an investment portfolio, you should be able to get funds out within four to five working days. Yeah. People don't look at that side of it, though, do they? No, they don't. And, and for many people, it's not – they don't really consider it when they go into buying property. No. The other thing they also often don't consider is the yield on property. So we're seeing investment property being snapped up with very low – rental returns mm-hmm. or yield, if you will, okay, comparable to what they have to pay for it and pay on their mortgage and outgoings. So it then becomes speculation as a specu- speculative investment because they're looking for capital gains. Because you certainly wouldn't do it for um, rental return no, because the not. yields are often mm. so very low. So they are looking or they're chasing capital gain on property. So it's, it's speculation, really. Yeah. Mm. The second uh, pro of buying a house or investing in property is you can leverage an investment. That's true, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely it's true. And the banks will lend. It has come back mm-hmm. um, uh, on rental properties. They've um, lowered the what they call LVR or lending value ratio, and that's directed by the Reserve Bank. But you can borrow on property. You can borrow on share, shares as well, um, uh, leverage equity um, or leveraging on, on equities. Um, but much more popular in property. Is um, it easier to borrow against property than it is against it shares? It is. It is because the um, the banks actually take a mortgage or security over the title mm. on, on on your property, um, and it's sort of bread and butter investment, really, um, or borrowings for banks. However, if the property market goes the other way and there's a retraction or there's a fall in prices, that exasperates the um, loss in value that you will suffer because you have geared, many people gear up to the max on mm. um, the property value as much as they can. They will leverage heavily and if there's a fall, you can end up in negative equity. They've been, they've been talking about a property bubble for probably at least the last three or four or five years saying this bubble's yeah. going to burst, but it doesn't look like it, does it? No, and we've, we've had um, very strong uh, migration into New Zealand, um, none more so than Auckland, mm-hmm. arguably. And what I think we're seeing from Auckland now is um, a, lot, a lot of Auckland investors, property investors, are looking outside of Auckland 
and seeing quite attractive opportunities in other parts of the country. So that's driving up the region property prices as well. Um, so that's fine at the moment. With that said, so what can impact that? If the um, immigration reverses, because it hasn't always been like this. If, no. if I look back at the 2008 election where National won power, John Key from um, Helen Clark Labour government, you look back at the old advertising for that campaign and a lot of that was to do reversing the brain drain from New Zealand mm-hmm. to Australia and bringing back those New Zealanders from Australia to New Zealand. Well, for one reason or another, we've achieved that, but it has now gone the other way, whereby we have a tremendous amount of people coming into New Zealand. But that can reverse. Yeah. And if that does reverse, and there's not the same demand, it's supply and demand, isn't it? Of course. So you can see a fall in property value. The other thing, though, which probably concerns me slightly more, we have really low interest rates at the moment. Okay, so... Um, the interest rates, and I've been saying this for a while now, um, the interest rates are not normal, what we're seeing here at the moment. You know, fixed interest rates of four and a quarter percent, mm. um, that's not normal. And if interest rates were to double and go back to eight or nine percent, which I would argue is probably the historic norm, what impact is that going to have on property prices? Well, that's right. It's going to put some people right in the doggy duties, isn't it? Well, it will do. Um, and if property values drop, mm-hmm. you you may end up in negative equity. Yep. Um, but it's just people's day-to-day living being able to pay for a much-increased mortgage cost. Um, so it's just something to be aware of. It's not all, you know... Um, gold glitter, if you will. No, it isn't. Um, but if you were if you were going to speculate, Glenn, mm-hmm. when might you suggest that those interest rates will move? I mean, you're in the financial business. Uh, yep. Do you hear whispers, or is it just part of a trend that will happen and it'll go back again down well, the track? It's cyclical, isn't yeah. it? Or cyclical, cyclical. Mm. Um, similarly, so is property prices. Sure. So um, at some stage, interest rates will go up. Now, I don't, propose, I don't believe that they're going to go up in the next 12 months, 18 months, but there could be a shock that causes that to happen. Mm. But at some stage, I think when you're buying a property, and I'm fairly sure banks are pretty good at doing this, despite what the media says, when they assess a home loan application, they base it on probably more like 8, 8.5% interest mm. as opposed to your 4.5% interest. Yeah allowing for a person's ability to pay more. Um, but if you've leveraged up to the hilt um, and things are you're just getting by now, just be prepared at some stage. You could be paying a lot more. Sure thing. Okay, number three on the list of the pros about buying a house. And mm. by the way, there's seven cons in the list I've okay. got. So <laughs> it's not all uh, peaches and cream. Number three, it can generate positive cash flow for you. And it can. Yeah, it can do. It can do. You know, I mean, if, if you have the sort of equity in the property, um, you know, quite a substantial amount of equity, so therefore your borrowings are not that high, and or you may own it outright, mm-hmm. then it just becomes a bit of a cash cow um, yeah. because that rental return, less some fixed costs, you know, maintenance mm-hmm. rates and insurance, the difference is then yours to spend. And, and do what you want with or, or to achieve your goals. So absolutely it can, um, you know, provide a positive return to you. Yeah. Now you've already uh, briefly touched on uh, property can offer you tax benefits, particularly in New Zealand. So we're going to number five, and that is the long-term investment mm. of property does give you huge financial freedom 
down the track, isn't it? I mean, you know, you're just a young fellow. Imagine if you had a couple of uh, properties you're using as rentals. You get to 65, you say, I'm selling up. You've got a couple of million dollars probably in the bank. Sure. Um, and, you know, um, property long term, if you pay it off over the 20 odd years and you have good stable tenants, can be a great form of investment. And yeah. I'm certainly not against residential property as a form of investment. And certainly when you go into retirement, whether it's a rental property or a owner-occupied property, you'd want to be mortgage-free. Okay, You don't want to Absolutely. be having to pay a mortgage whilst only really getting national super and maybe a bit of KiwiSaver top-up or something. Yeah. So in an ideal world, you'll be mortgage-free in retirement, and if you have a, um, some extra assets like a property that you can sell, that's great, um, and it will certainly help you. But there's also alternatives to property as well. Um, I look at the New Zealand share market. Since 2012, the returns has been between 9% and 24% per wow. annum. That's good, isn't it? Okay, It's good. And in fact, four of, the, uh, four of those years have actually been between 135 and 24%. So whereas property has performed well... So has the share market, mm. and um, and and I, and I find some people have quite a blinkered view about well, it's all about property and there can't be anything else. Yeah, there is an alternative, and right. the alternative has been performing well. Before we get onto the cons, I just I also like to suggest to you that maybe the main reason is that people are in love with property is you can look at it, absolutely, you can touch it, yes, you can update it, you can it's there, it's there. You, know, you don't have to think, hmm, I've got a bit of paper. Yeah, it's yep. a share. What's a share? It's a number on a page, isn't it? So, um, do you think that's part of the fixation that we can actually physically go and look at it and we say, "That's my place." Absolutely, absolutely, and um, and I understand that you can you can see it, you can touch it, um, you can drive by it, yep. and that's never going to go away. No, so, dead right. Um, exactly. Now, the number one con apparently of investing in property, and you touched on it, but it might get you to explain a bit more to our listeners. Mm. It's not very liquid. What does that mean? What that means is if you need to sell it, um, it will take, depending on market conditions, four, five, six weeks to sell, maybe more. Um, it, it also means that um, unless you can borrow against it, you can't take money out of it. So to um, realise the value, to realise the funds, you have to sell it. Apart from the time frame, it will cost I think, say, 4% yep. cost to sell plus legal fees. So it's costly to sell. It takes time. And um, so that's a main consideration, yeah, sure. whereas, you know. Although having said that, I went uh, house shopping uh, in the weekend with a friend mm. of mine who's looking at uh, downsizing. And the unit that she looked at had six offers on it. Now you say it's uh, you know it might take a long time to sell, but it is cyclical that market, and at the moment they're selling like that. Absolutely. Yep. So pretty good market to sell on at the moment, isn't it? Good market to sell on at the moment. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, but I, I reflect when I sold uh, property three and a half, four years ago mm-hmm. in Napier, Napier South. Um, that sat on the market for almost four months. Mm. So, so once again, it's a cyclical nature. Sure. When we sold last time or time before last, it took almost six months to sell it. So. I guess also the other thing, if you're buying a house as an investment, you don't want to buy a house that is going to put you under financial pressure if you have to sell. So if you're sitting on it, it takes four months, you don't want to be personally bleeding 
while you're selling it, do you? No, and unfortunately, if you're in a position whereby things aren't going well and you're almost forced to sell, Murphy's Law will be, it may well be at a time when the property market is in the doldrums, Mm -hmm. so it could take longer, so therefore you have to reduce your price expectation, which means you get a lower price, just something to consider. Now, we spoke off-air about one of the cons of maybe investing in property, and that can be that there can be hidden problems associated with a property. So, you know, you come across your dream home, you say, Mm. we're in love with this house, we want it, we're buying it. What are some of the things that can go wrong? Um, you know, we um, when we spoke, we sort of um, we, we also discussed different ways of buying a property. Yep. So, um, you know, whether it's so we look at tender or auction, you're under pressure as a buyer to make the offer as clean as you possibly can to put your best foot forward. So, if you put in conditions like a builder's report, a limb report, search a title. P testing, for example, these are all conditions that may um, detract from your offer because mm. the vendor or the owner is looking at it saying, well, yeah, but another one is basically yeah, a cash cool. sale. But if you don't do the report, you could buy a property with some inherent issues. Now, all property require maintenance, whatever age it is, mm-hmm. and you accept that if you buy a 1920s property, that will have more ongoing maintenance than a new build. But I, I and many people listening to this, we're not property experts. No. We're not builders. Um, and it doesn't take much of a concern to start talking some big money. It is big money, absolutely. And even even if you get a property which is in a very good state of repair, it may have had alterations done. Um, let's say it's had a load-bearing wall taken out. They made the um, living room area area bigger into the kitchen. They're taking out a load-bearing wall. They put up a um, you know, bracing mm-hmm. um, up top. But if there's no um, council sign-off, that's on you as a purchaser if you buy that property. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that so is a big problem. It's a problem. It'd be expensive to rectify. And in some cases, a council will just say, well, we're not going to issue you compliance and will actually instruct or force you to actually make good the repairs. And that means structural changes. Even if there's nothing actually wrong with what was done, they can't see in behind the walls. No. So they're going to get you to um, pull out the wall linings and then it starts exactly. from there. Yeah. Retrospective um, permits don't really exist anymore, do they? No. No. You can get a... Um, Oh, call different things, a letter of acceptance mm. from a council, but that that's a costly exercise. Yeah. Okay, now another, and this is probably the main reason that people might not be getting into property at this stage, is property has a high entry cost, uh, particularly at this time. Yeah, it does. The, um, the Reserve Bank has been working hard uh, for, for some time now to um, ensure that people have a larger deposit, particularly on rental properties. Okay. So whereas before you could you could go up to 90, 95% on your property that you live in and also on a rental, mm-hmm. but now it's a much higher deposit into a rental property. Okay. So um, the requirements um, for a deposit um, has certainly increased, which I think is a good thing. Um, but, you know, having said that, property prices... They have, I've noticed in um, Wellington, Auckland, the main centres, they are now, they haven't really increased for over the last 12 months. Uh, They're pretty stagnant. Um, I see one of the main trading banks recently have come out and said, look, over the next four years, we actually expect property prices to fall across New Zealand um, to some degree um, because we can't keep seeing this year-on-year growth. The other thing... um, 
I'm noticing, certainly locally in the Hawke's Bay, is more and more properties being listed with a price guide mm-hmm. or the good old-fashioned put a price and chew the fat yep. as opposed to auctions and tenders, which sort of suggests to me that I think there's a bit more realism coming back into the market. Yeah, and that is a good thing, I guess. Um, also, and we've touched on it, that uh, the number four on my list of uh, cons Yep. And that is uh, changes, for instance, you know, uh, tenants moving out, you've got to get a new tenant. They, they say you've really got to um, look at your repayments and write off six weeks' rent every year Correct. just in case tenants don't leave. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And, and I think you're pretty naive as a, um, as a landlord if you go into the property, rental property purchase and you believe that you're going to get 52 weeks a year of rent. Mm-hmm. It seldom um, happens that way. And so, yeah, six weeks seems to be the um, the agreed number of weeks that you should accept that you won't be getting a rental return um, because when a tenant moves out, you'll often um, do a bit of a clean-up um, of varying degrees, and by the time you advertise, get it re-tenanted, yeah, you'd have to be writing off six weeks a year. Yeah. Now, this is the big one, and you talk about it all the time, uh, diversification. You shouldn't have all your eggs in one basket. I, I might suggest to you, though, that the Joe Blow listening to this guy say, oh, I'd rather have a house any day. <laughs> yeah, and I, I understand that because, um, once again, they can touch it, they can see it, they yep. can feel it. Um, what, look, um, what I would... Um, yeah, what I would say is I'm not against rental property as an investment. Okay, I've owned rental properties in the past. I will do so in the future. What I I'm not in favour of is the rental property as being the be all and end all of your investments mm-hmm. that you should diversify. So um, if you're a landlord, instead of building up a property empire, maybe you should take some of that excess cash or capital and put into other investments, be it shares, be it fixed interest or bonds and what have you, because there's a return on that investment as well, is diversification. The issue if you have too much of your assets in one one type of investment, if that goes sour, and at some stage, the property values will track in a different sure. direction, um, you don't want all your monies tied up in that. Okay. I wonder though, what you're saying does make sense, and I'm reading it off this bit of paper, it does make sense, yep. but diversification can be very expensive, kind of, because if you're mum and dad investors, and you might be, say, borrowing against your uh, family home because you've got a lot of equity in it, for you to buy a house, for instance, as a rental, and then you're saying, well, diversify because you don't want all your eggs in one basket, let's get some shares as well, mm-hmm. we're talking a lot of money, aren't we? No, I mean, you, you can you can commence um, if we take KiwiSaver, and it, it may just be KiwiSaver, mm-hmm. for example. So you, you can start off with KiwiSaver basically at a zero balance. Um, and so certainly if you don't have a lot of, um, you know, if you don't have your $50,000, $200,000 to invest, but if you, if you don't have KiwiSaver, you should commence KiwiSaver. And it only requires $1,042 per year to get the member's mm-hmm. tax credits from the government of $521. So you should have something else to the side. And for those um, people with additional funds that are thinking about, do I purchase a further rental property or should I be looking at diversifying and putting it into a share portfolio, for example, um, you know, come and speak to us because there is an alternative. Um, and certainly 
shares and fixed interest have been, you know, the market has been kind to investors over the last few years. Yep. And, uh, you know, there's another alternative as well. Too right. Just about out of time now. We've already covered uh, number six and number seven on our list. And number six was bad tenants. They can be a nightmare because not only can they um, disappear, own you rent, but they can wreck your house as well. Yeah, they can. And, um, uh, there's some um, very sad stories out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you see them on the news every now and again, um, fair go and what have you, and uh, there's not a lot of help for the landlords. Tenancy Tribunal can only do so much. Yep. If the tenants have disappeared, then there's not a lot of chance of getting your money back and an expensive exercise to reinstate the property. Too right. And loss of rent. Yeah, absolutely. The time it takes to do it. And you mentioned that dreadful word P. P. Imagine. Yeah, yeah. And I know that um, recently... Um, uh, the scientific advice of the government's come out and said P is actually not this quite the issue that we were led to believe. Um, but having said that, if you're actually producing it and cooking it, then I, I think there's still a concern there. And if you were buying it uh, and someone said, oh, yeah, look, it, it did have a user of P in here and we have got the certificate, you'd immediately think, mm, not my cup of tea, sorry. Well, some people will say that and that can detract from the value. Mm. Too right. Yep. Glenn, just mind the listeners want to come and see you at the Stewart Group. Where are you? We're at 204 Caramel Road in Hastings. As was our pleasure. You look after yourself. We'll talk to the same time, same place next time. Great. Thanks, Ian. The information provided or any opinions expressed in this show are of a general nature only and should not be construed or relied on as a recommendation to invest in a financial product or class of financial products. You should seek financial advice specific to your circumstances from an authorised financial advisor before making any financial decisions. A disclosure statement can be obtained free of charge by calling 0800 878 961. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a volunteer-based community access station. For more information, go to www.radiokidnappers.org.nz. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this program available through funding the Access Internet Radio Project.